Hello and welcome to Living Being. I'm Chris Park. I'm Patrick Randall. We love bees. There's so much uh, to learn. One never stops learning about bees. Bees are fascinating and they're over the most of the world. They have great relationships with flowers and uh, the, the plant kingdom in general. And wherever there are bees, there is health. Great, so this episode we're talking to Sam Day about the Asian Hornet and she's been able to capture some amazing audio. She's a, such a good inter- interviewer, isn't she? She's done a really good job for us uh, and she's been in Jersey and she's involved with the Asian Hornet group Yep. and it's just, just, uh, re- it's just really good listening as well. I've really enjoyed listening to her clips. Yeah, no, it's, like, it's wonderful. She's a real natural and um, it's amazing how many people are involved in this, uh, in, in, in finding these uh, these Asian hornets. And she's going to tell us all about the problems that the Asian hornet are, are bringing and uh, all about what's being done. Uh, we're going to split this into two episodes. So Sam's going to tell us all about the, the, the initial problem of what we're looking at. And then in episode two, if you like, we're going to be talking about uh, some of the things that are being done about the Asian hornet. Yeah, you know, I think I think I've only seen one European hornet this year. It's quite big, isn't it? It's uh, it's quite a big, quite a big yeah, insect. Yeah, you definitely no, definitely notice notice them, don't you? Yeah, yeah. They're lo- they're lovely. I like I like them. I like hornets. Yeah, no, I mean, so are, of course, if there's if there's one flying around your head, you you do need to be wary. But oh, I mean, I normally see them in fruit. That's where I mostly see them in yeah. in windfalls and things like that. And you're just like excavating away, or sometimes even on the tree. Yeah, you might see a hole in the apple, and there's a hornet inside. Yeah, Having yeah, a nice feast. You got many wasps this year. I went out and I picked an apple in the morning the other day, and the wasps obviously spent the night in there, just eating away at the inside of the apple, but they're leaving the shell on the outside. And I've even seen a really amazing picture on, uh, I think it was on Twitter, where someone's there's a picture of a pear, and the pear's hanging off the tree. Mm, yeah, and it's got the skin on the outside. There's a couple of holes in it, and you can see inside that there's virtually no pulp left at all, no fruit. It's right. just, it's just, it's just a shell, yeah. you know. And the wasps have, have, yeah. have, and they've they've been clever, very clever to eat out the inside, but leave the leave the fruit still hanging on the tree. Yeah, honeybees do that. I, I don't know if they go in after the wasp has been in, but I've, I've got a series of photographs. I remember got really into it one year, you know, in the autumn time, so with photographs of bees on a blackberry and then inside a plum and then inside an apple and another one on the pear, even a fig. Uh, and there, so they were, these honeybees were just like drinking, really? drinking up the nectar. Really? Not the nectar, the, the fruit the fruit juice, yeah, seemed to be. I'm not sure whether they were, whether they were taking it home or filling their honey stomachs or just, just having a little sort of a uh, little pit stop. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. it happened to me. I, I, I was, I've just been with all the kids. You can probably hear them in the background at, at a festival, and um, doing a bit of bee-related stuff actually. And and I got the kids. You know, that sort of time in the afternoon, you get them a waffle with a with some agave syrup on it and some bananas and stuff. And some honeybees were coming onto their waffles and just sort of sitting in the little squares. Honeybees were drinking up the agave syrup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So not wasps. I mean, they they were. The, the there wasps. were a couple of wasps, but yeah. just as many, just as many bees. Yeah. This was the medicine festival he went to, isn't it? 
That's right, yeah, the Medicine Festival near yeah. Reading. There are hives on the site, I think, somewhere. And it's a lovely, lovely brilliant festival in amazing woodland with, with streams and lakes. And Yes, yeah. really, really. Uh, the first, I think it was the first festival that had the go-ahead this year. So there was disc dancing, you know, social distancing and social disc dancing. <laughs> disc, uh, is, that, is that what people are calling it? Disc dancing? <laughs> disc, That's right. Distos. Or... <laughs> <laughs> yes, well, that's amazing that sounds, that sounds good. oh I'm glad you got to it you, that's somewhere you could take your uh, your apitherapy um. oh like, yeah we've talked about that haven't we making a a, uh, a portable apitherapy bee bed yeah maybe converting a caravan or some kind of some kind of shepherd's hut type scenario yeah. I'm not sure you know I think I think it'd be I think it'd be amazing for people to experience that and be able to sort of take it to an event like that Oh, incredible! And uh, yeah. it's just I've just sort of had the scruples about how the how the bees would feel about about suddenly being shifted somewhere. I mean, there's lots of good forage there, so yeah. If there's good forage, I'm sure the bees will be bees will be happy. Yeah, and there's health and safety and other things to consider, isn't there? But yeah, so uh, in theory, I think it, I think it could work. Could work really well. Uh, okay, so before we get Sam on the line, um, let's hear a little clip of Sam in the bathroom uh, in Jersey with um, some Asian hornets buzzing around. interesting being this close to a hornet nest when we're told they're really dangerous, really scary. From my experience, they're actually quite docile. Nobody's rushing at me, trying to sting me. I could probably be standing here without a suit on and not come to any harm. However, I'm obviously not going to try that because there are enough hornets here that if they did decide to attack me, it would be game over. I have noticed that they tend to go for the movement. So much like a beehive, if you make a sudden movement over the top of the hive, you'll get bees coming up at you saying, we don't really like that because we feel threatened. If I'm slow and calm when I'm doing this, the hornets really don't seem to mind very much at all. If I started actually trying to attack the nest, I'm sure it'll be a different story altogether. I'm lifting the nest on its frame out of the tank. There's two hornets that are actually grooming right on the top of the envelope that are not paying the blindest bit of attention to the movement of the nest that they're standing on. If I were to drop it, I'm sure <laughs> there would be angry hornets everywhere. So I'm just gonna put that down over there, really gently. And then I've got now an empty tank that's full of the debris that they create when we feed them. They fly around with bits of muck. Sometimes the protein balls that they're eating get dropped. A shrimp that Bob fed them from his freezer, which they've obviously had enough of because they weren't touching it anymore. What else have we got in there? I can see the abdomen of a hornet. So they've obviously lost a colleague and they've decided to enjoy eating the rest of it. I've got some what looks like sawdust but will be scrapings from, from where they're harvesting the wood above. We've given them a bit of rotten oak. Bits and pieces have flaked off and dropped down. 
which they haven't done anything with. I've got a few bits of wings and legs. What else? Just a bit of a bit of muck really. investigating my feet which makes me slightly concerned not because I think it had bad intentions but my ankles are probably my weakest point in terms of I've got leather gloves on with gauntlets that come up my arms and cover the gap between the cuff of the suit so it's a hornet proof a sting proof suit so I shouldn't get any stings anywhere except possibly around my ankles where I'm not wearing boots that are high enough. I'm actually going to make a slight confession, I'm wearing Crocs right now <laughs> because I forgot to change into boots before I started this. So if I get stung on my ankle it would be entirely my fault. clean tank that I'm putting back on the loop just because that's a better height for working at and I'm going to lift up the frame might just wipe down the the bars that are on the floor because they're collecting more dirt than anywhere else the useful thing about doing this in the bathroom is that there are mirrors in here so I can actually check that I haven't got any hornets on the back of my suit or the undersides of my arms, places that are hard to see before I leave the room to get anything that I've obviously forgotten to bring in. So I'm just off to get some tiny tweezers, I think, for my experiment. So I need those in order to remove a couple of larvae from the nest. I might also put my boots on while I'm out of the room. Oh, that's lovely to hear. Uh, amazing that Sam was there with the, with the hornets all around her. I find that 
you know, I think any 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 person would find that a pretty scary concept, <laughs> yeah. a scary idea. But anyway, well, she's, a beekeeper, she's a beekeeper, isn't she? She's a beekeeper. She's, so she's used, used to things buzzing around. Being surrounded by, by yeah. that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but they've got a real, uh, it's a real different buzz, isn't it? It's a really sort of low buzz. Well, certainly the European mm-hmm. horns. Uh, and I think you could hear them there on the recording. Anyway, without further ado, let's uh, let's give Sam a call and uh, bring her in. Hello, Patrick. How are you? Hey, Sam. Hi, Chris. How are you? Good, thanks. Yourself? I'm very well, thank you. Great. Uh, thanks for joining us on Living Being and for being our outside reporter in Jersey. <laughs> I'm really jealous, actually. I'd love to have gone. What an amazing opportunity. Yeah. And uh, so you've been you've been there in July this year? Yeah, I was in Jersey for the whole of July um, playing with the Hornets, so it was just absolutely amazing. Great playing with hornets. That sounds really dangerous. <laughs> and, uh, so, so, but these aren't the, your everyday European hornets, are they? These are what we know as the Asian hornet or the Vespa velutina. Did I get that right? Correct. Well done. Oh, <laughs> well done, Chris. <laughs> so, so uh, can you tell us a bit about them and 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 how different they are to the indigenous European sort of you know lovely russety chestnut brown colour, isn't it? Often described as a gentle giant, aren't they? They just mostly interested in plums this time of year i think and the asian hornet is is has quite a different look and character doesn't it um in terms of the character i would say it's it's pretty similar they're actually generally very docile um they're not interested in you unless you're attacking the nest um but they're actually slightly smaller than the than the native hornet vespa crabro the one that you're talking about um which essentially looks like a big wasp yeah so it's mostly yellow um it's got that kind of typical wasp pattern whereas the asian hornet is very much um predominantly dark you know either dark brown or black um and and yeah slightly smaller which people tend to be surprised about because you think oh invasive it's big and scary but no it's it's actually slightly smaller so the the workers will be sort of two and a half centimeters long the queens might go up to three centimeters um yeah Yeah. and and you'll probably see it and think wow that was just a dark insect that just flew very quickly past me um if they're stationary you'll notice that they've got yellow legs um or yellow tips to their legs and there's only yeah. one solid band of yellow on the abdomen. Um, and that's pretty much the key features of, of the uh, Asian hornet. Why are we taking an interest in this, in this, uh, in this insect? Okay, um, well, Asian hornets are obviously, as the name suggests, from Asia. So they're not native here, which means that they have already been identified as um, having a, a great threat, being a great threat to our native pollinators. Um, and that's really why I'm concerned, although my concern initially came from being a beekeeper and I thought, you know, these things are going to come over and eat all my bees. Um, it's everything else that I'm now more worried about, you know, because we've got we've got basically bees uh, may, may have the misfortune of having nutty beekeepers attached to them um, who will kind of do everything in their power to protect their bees. Um, whether that's moving them if the hornet predation is going to be bad or, you know, fitting things in front of the hive to stop the hornets from actually having access to the to the returning foragers. Um, it's, you know, the wild bumblebees, the solitary bees, the wasps, it's everything else that the hornets are going to eat um, that I'm concerned with now because, you know, they haven't got people standing over their nests um, saying, oh, look at these, this you know, hornet predation is really bad, we need to do something. 
Um, unfortunately, right, yeah. that's not going to happen. And how, how do how do Asian the native pollinators and the bees and the wasps in Asia live with the Asian hornet? Um, well, the Asian hornet is actually one of about seven hornets in Asia. Um, in that yeah. particular area where they come from. Um, and this one is not the biggest. So you've probably right. read recently about the murder hornet in the US. Oh, yeah, yes, the giant the Asian hornet. Vespa yeah. mandarinia, yeah. yeah. So that will actually predate on other hornets. Um, so right. this one is just not really a big deal. But it's more about the coping mechanisms because they've co-evolved. Um, Apis serrana is able to deal with this hornet and also the murder hornet you know they they bore them very effectively they're very they recruit many more um guard bees so i think they have sort of three times the number of guard bees than um than our yeah, yeah. our bees here would have um so as soon as they have a hornet hawking at the front of the hive which is the name of the behavior where they kind of snatch them in midair um they'll they'll take them out very quickly so how voracious is it, you know, on, on, on insects? What are we talking? Uh, how many can, insects can it kill in a day? It, it's very difficult to give you numbers because, unfortunately, because they're invasive, um, we must take action to control them. So although I wish I could say I stood there and watched um, hornets coming back to a nest and, you know, we caught the hornets and we looked at what they're, what they're foraging on, uh, as soon as you find a nest, you take it out because that's the only way to control this insect, you know, to actually stop them before they get to the reproductive phase and they release the males and the queens for next year's um, nests. Um, okay. But, but yeah. we so think... it's important to, it's important to, to uh, get control before it gets out of control, that's what you're saying. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so we think that um, about every one, one in every ten attempts um, is successful when they're trying to catch something. Um, when they're hawking at Apis mellifera um, hives, that's our bees. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they came, they came from Asia, and and just one, I guess, one hornet or a few hornets landed in the middle of France. Is that right? Maybe nine years ago or something, and then they just spread like a wildfire, and 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 so we're like the front line i suppose or jersey is the front line and you've been there yes absolutely so they were formally identified in france in 2005 um and there were some local reports in in bordeaux around that area of you know farmers saying oh i'm i'm you know i've seen this nest last year and i shot one so we're not maybe 2003 maybe 2004 we're not quite sure when they arrived but they have um just established incredibly well um, and spread like wildfire, as you say. They, they cover about 70 or 80 kilometres every year in terms of the spread of these wow. insects. They they um, We think that they hibernate near the, uh, the nest that they came from and then in the spring, if there's already many hornets in that area, they will kind of push further on. Um, and there have been instances where they've been transported in the back of a lorry or, you know, family goes camping and they pack up their stuff. They bring them, you know, so they, they will travel um, any number of ways. And, and yet yeah, that, that single first hornet, we think, came in a shipment of pottery from China um, to a garden centre. And it was just one queen that had mated um, and was hibernating, you know, in between pots or in the packaging. Um, and, you know, she woke up. Um, she emerged from hibernation and it was business as usual and you know the havoc yeah. that has come from that one single individual queen is really quite incredible 
yeah. yeah. And we've had them. We've had them here on the on the on the mainland, haven't we? We've had them on the in the UK. They have arrived. I mean, it could could they fly from Jersey, or is it uh, more likely to come in food or or by? you know, by transporting? Uh, there's any number of ways they could come in that we've already identified. So, yeah, movement of timber, um, of plants, potted plants. They they um, will hibernate um, basically anywhere that is outside and kind of warmish. So sometimes in the soil, sometimes in loose bark. Um, so they could come in any number of these ways. There, there was a hornet, I don't know if you remember, um, a few years ago now that was actually found inside a cauliflower. Um, that somebody oh, yeah. had bought from the supermarket and then they took it out of the fridge at home to prepare for, for lunch. And basically this this dopey cold creature came out from the sort of outer leaves. Um, and then... <laughs> <Give him a laughs> shot. The funny thing about this Protect, is the... Uh, sauerkraut. <laughs> 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 the householder took it outside because the light wasn't very good in the kitchen to get a photo. And unfortunately, in the sun, in the sunlight, it warmed up and and flew off. But um... it flew off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm sure that all the beekeepers in that area are, you know, on high alert and have been looking for um, hornets ever since then. So I'm I'm not sure anything came to it. Most primary nests um, fail actually before you know humans have a chance to intervene. Okay. Is it, so is, does and is that the case in Jersey as well? Yeah, probably. Although it's it's you know it's hard to know for sure because obviously if you know where there's a nest, you've already taken it out. Um, but yeah. but the um, the die off rate from from the number of queens that are produced by the nest <clears throat> towards the autumn of the year um, is huge. It's two hundred two hundred and fifty up, um, and we think that probably ninety five, maybe up to ninety nine percent of these will die over the winter or in in the course of mm-hmm. building the nest in the spring. Okay. Well, you you were you acted as a as a wonderful sort of reporter on the ground for us when you were when you were in Jersey, and um, and we've got some great uh, great recordings that you you did out there. So yeah, but who's in charge of this the the operation um, on the ground? Okay, so in Jersey, um, there's a team of about thirty. Uh, very hard-working individuals and some of them are beekeepers and you know that's where their interest came from Um, but if they were beekeeping they've basically forgotten about their bees in order to play with hornets because you know it's actually quite a lot of fun if I'm honest Um, (laughs) and and this is all coordinated by Alistair Christie who's um, yeah the Jersey Asian Hornet Coordinator Um, and he works flat out pretty much in in the summer months um, you know, every day there are reports coming in. They investigate all of the reports, um, especially if they're credible. They've come from an area where there's another report. Um, and he he kind of organises his volunteers to, to go out tracking. Um, and when they call him to say they found the nest, uh, he then comes back. Somebody will come and document it, take pictures, you know, assess the location. And then the pest controllers come in and destroy it. Alistair was in charge, uh, and I believe you, you. You there was a meeting. Was it the beginning of the um, of the whole of the whole exercise? And we've got a bit of a recording that you sent us uh, here. So let's listen to it now. It's the thirteenth of July, and I'm here at the very first Jersey Asian Hornet Group meeting of 2020. There are around 30 people here at this socially distant meeting. As you can probably hear, we're sat outside in a field. Most of the hornet hunters are retired, but some people are able to fit in hornet hunting in their evenings and weekends. 
the Jersey Asian Hornet coordinator, Alistair Christie, is about to start talking. So let's listen to how things are going so far this year. Bob started in St Catharines on the 16th of July last year. So this year we're already into six tracking cases. Three are closed and three are active. So we'll come on to those in a minute and where other sightings are. The last uh, update was, I think, to Nest 14. We're up to Nest 17 now, as from this morning. 16 was Bob's in Flicke. What was 15? The one in um, uh, Portlet that they found in the bushes. Bob removed that one sort of on his own, pretty much, with his butterfly net. Having got it snagged <laughs> on the brambles numerous times. No, it's just mind. a couple of times, perfectly well, right. Never mind. Trying a new technique. 16 was the fabulous spot by Bob in the tree at Flicke. Uh, unfortunately, the nest destruction did not go according to plan well, today. It, 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 it distracted. Distracted. <laughs> it distracted. Basically, there was a part of the container that contains the pesticide that is supposed to be glued by the manufacturer, and it wasn't. So with the pressure of the CO2, it blew off and the so spike damaged the nest. Yeah. What do you think ought to be, just leave that for a week and see what happens well, next? It's got, it's, got, it's got the bottle trap up in the tree. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. what, I can, what I can do is, after a couple of days, I'll just go and see whether or not it is collecting anything. Yeah. It was quite spectacular. It looked like a launch from Cape Canaveral. <laughs> <laughs> it did a bit. flying everywhere. Yeah. What we needed was a video about Not it. our finest one. I'm glad it wasn't being videoed. Uh, Nest 17. I'll put it on video, thank you. Oh dear. <laughs> oh dear. That's great. Um, I love. I love the bit about his uh, the, the projectiles flying off. I mean, that, yeah. that tells that tells us. manufacturer. <laughs> but that tells us a bit about how uh, about hunting these things down and and uh, and actually destroying the nests and things and we're going to hear about that a bit later on aren't we you went off and talked to other people didn't you about um about the issues that there are on the ground with actually this insect in jersey and how it's affecting people well as you said before it affects beekeepers but it affects us all really but um can you just tell us a bit about how it affects um how it's affecting people in jersey at the moment yeah of course i can um, so for most people in Jersey, they, they're aware of the Asian Hornet, which I think is um, fantastic. You know, it's, a, it's been a wonderful campaign um, by Alistair and the team um, because, you know, if you're, if you're running around in the, in the street with Hornet-related stuff, um, people aren't actually that surprised. Uh, and they'll say, oh, you're chasing those Hornets. I say, yep. And, you know, they have all, they've all heard of them. They all know how to report them. Um, I think the public in Jersey are doing a wonderful, wonderful job of reporting them, um, which is yeah. basically where we want to be. Um, but in terms of who it affects, aside from beekeepers, um, there's a lot of industries that rely very heavily on pollination. And obviously there will come a time when there are less pollinators available if, if the hornets are allowed to just continue their expansion unchecked. Um, do they There's pollinate? Also, do the Asian hornets do any pollination? I, I would imagine they probably do, but but you know we know so little about them really. Um, yeah. But the one of the main other issues there are for people is um, fruit growers and pickers. Um, so I think there was a there was a campaign when I was just leaving to get in touch with everybody that had an orchard to make sure that they didn't use mechanical shakers on the trees, or if they were going to, they would just look, you know, very quickly for 
insect activity at the top of the tree before they attach this thing that just you know shakes the trees so the apples drop um, if you do that to a tree that has an asian hornet nest uh, you are asking for trouble um, so right. it was kind of a race against time to get the word out to to anybody that might be doing that later on um, and yeah there, there will be reduced crops for some of these people as well so um, Vespa velatina is similar to to our wasps. Um, they'll they'll go for ripe fruit, overripe fruit that hasn't been picked. So um, I think they're particularly fond of blueberries. They like pears, um, apples definitely. Uh, so I think there have been some cases in in Galicia in Spain where um, farms have actually struggled to recruit uh, the workers to actually pick the crops because the chances of there being an Asian hornet on, you know, the other side of this bunch of grapes, for example, um, and you don't have time to look for hornets, you, you know, you're just picking on automatic, aren't you? You're trying to do it as quickly as possible. Mm. Um, so they're a real game changer, aren't they? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. So many people have been stung on the hands and, you know, it's unpleasant. So they, they just, they're refusing to work. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely uh, an issue for, for many different areas. Yeah. So for the beekeeper, just uh, looking at the beekeeper, you've um, you've got this uh, situation where it's basically the, the hornet can take out hives. Is that right? It can, can destroy hives? Yeah, I think it would be very unlikely for Asian hornets to actually be listed as the factor of a, a colony's collapse um, because they they I wouldn't imagine that they're present in Jersey in sufficient numbers yet that the predation okay. alone will kill off the colony. So it will in, weaken in France, them. Is that, is that a different story in France? Yeah, I, I think there are places where the hornets are really bad um, and mm -hmm. they, they stand there and watch, you know, 10, 20 hornets come. After about 10 or 13 or so hornets at the front of a hive, you'll actually get foraging paralysis. The, the bees will stop going outside because, you know, they're watching what happens to their, their sisters coming back. Um, you know, they, they, the hornets are very clever. They'll actually be outside the entrance or maybe just below it. And they'll face away from the hive and watch for a returning forager because they're heavier, they're slower, um, you know, they're, they're weighted down with everything they're carrying. And they'll just um, snatch them out of the air, basically. It's, it's, it's amazing to watch, um, but also, you know, quite upsetting. Did you see that happening at the, at the hives out there? Or? Not this year, no. Um, I had been to... So I, this clip with Cathy, I'd, I'd met her the previous year um, and I had seen some hawking then, although she was then taking action to try and keep the, the hornets away. So she was giving them, basically she was feeding them to keep them away from her bees um, and also to make it easier for us to track them from, from hers. Oh, I see. So you can distract them by, by feeding them at feeding stations or something and then keeping, keeping them off. Yeah, yeah. Let's hear you talking to Cathy anyway. Um, Kathy's a beekeeper, is that correct? Yep, Kathy's a beekeeper and um, she's got a lovely spot sort of at the top of a valley. Um, really, really beautiful, really green. Um, and yeah, she's she's had hornets the last couple of years and I, I think she'll probably have hornets every year because uh, her location is just ideal. You know, there's, there's a stream running down the middle of the valley so they've got the water which they need for building the nests. Um, her bees are there, but there's, there's uh -huh. loads of other pollinators and things they can go for. So, um, yes, it was very interesting talking to Cathy about her experiences.
Today it's a beautiful sunny day. So Bob and I have left the captive hornets at his house, obviously. <laughs> we've come out to do some beekeeping and we've ended up at his friend Kathy's house. Kathy has five or six colonies in her home apiary and she's also had hornets hawking her bees over the last couple of years. Kathy, tell us about that. <laughs> well, I first saw them a couple of years ago. Uh, now, I met you, Sam, in the September. Yes, 2018. And it was not that much earlier than that that they came, the hornets came to my hives. So I think I got in a panic over seeing the hornets. Yes. Swiping bees and flying around and going underneath the hives to get the bees. So I put some tea towels I pinned, drawing pins, okay. underneath so they couldn't do that. And I tried one of those muesliers, yes, which I made, hoping that that might stop them. Then I had traps. I put the traps on buckets with the sutura. I remember, yellow buckets. Yes. Covered in wasps. Yes, lots of wasps. <laughs> and got the hornets coming to that quite readily. Yep. And then they would fly off. I'm in a valley, so they flew over the tops of the trees in a southeasterly fashion. So what did we do after that? Well, I, I remember having a fun day yes. to tracking yes. here. It was brilliant. Yeah. It was such yes, a nice spot here. <laughs> okay. Yes, because the valley goes down and there's footpaths and we thought they might, the hornets might go down. Didn't know where the hornets would be going. So then we walked along the fields and then a friend, Tony, he walked across and we had a trap south-easterly, two fields away, which was about, how far would that be? Half a mile? Quite a long way. And I think Tony suddenly said, I know where they are. And they saw it in an apple tree. Wow. The man in the house who owned the apple tree had got, had a hornet in, in his kitchen. I don't think he was stung, but he swatted it. So we knew they were flying around there. We knew they were in the Yeah, were and in that, that was area. after you'd left. So you just missed the fun then. I did, couple of days. I? Yeah. No, I, was, I remember at the time I was so reluctant to leave because I felt that we were getting yeah, somewhere. Yeah, we were just about to. Yeah, yeah, it was a shame. I think the, the hornets from here were flying at about four or five minutes return. Yeah, yeah, four or five minutes from my apiary. But I walk past every day, which is handy, so I can see yes. what's going on. I don't have to drive to see them. And then last year was different because they did come and I didn't get my yellow bucket going in the middle of the field, but they were coming to the wasp trap. They got them going southeast again. Mm -hmm. So we went, Bob was going away, so I said, could you just help me go two roads along, put up some traps? So I did, I got four, couldn't believe it, four hornets in the trap from Excellent. two roads away. And uh, then everybody went away, so I was on my own. So I trekked to a house and they'd all gone on holiday. So I trekked round their boundaries, I got to the very end of the boundary, moved to the next field to the end of that boundary, moved to the next, knocked on the door and asked would they mind. From their house, flew straight across. So I crossed over back to the road and they were going into a tree, which I just happened to be standing under for about a week. <laughs> <laughs> Till I discovered <laughs> that I, you just couldn't see them. You just couldn't see the spot. And you had to lean against the pavement on the curb, look up between two Vs, and there you could see the nest through the trees. It was fantastic. So I was very pleased. It took me two weeks, to, virtually two weeks. Wow, two weeks in total. Two weeks in total to 
but it must have been like Christmas down. when you finally saw it. It was. And I was getting a few people to come and help. Eyes on to look. Yep. Seeing as I got a hornet a minute away. Okay, so, so a minute is close. When it's when it's going to its nest and coming back within a minute, that is when you are on the money. Absolutely. Okay. And that is, uh, so that would be, how far away would that be? 25 feet, maybe a bit more, 30 foot. And so upwards would be 30 foot that the nest was. So that was very, very exciting. Excellent. So that stopped the hornets coming to mine. And what about this year? We haven't, we're in early July at the moment. And I haven't seen any hornets yet. Okay. But I am told that they will be here. Are you? I have traps down the road, so I've been doing that all over when we started, which was what, March? Just about when the COVID started. Mm -hmm. But uh, I persevered and filled up, but I didn't get any. So I have not had any sightings and nothing in my traps. Just a few little tiny wasps, which I've been releasing. Mm -hmm. uh, the bycatch. Yeah. And are you you're in your apiary every day, just having a look out for hornets? And they're particularly vivacious, the hornets, because they're going just a few feet away from the entrance and up, and they'll just strike and take a bee Swipe if you like up, it. Yeah. So I get my I got my phone one time, and I don't do that. <laughs> Swiped it, <laughs> didn't kill it. I was I was I don't quite sure if I was aiming to kill it or just to get it to go away. Don't touch my bees. I can imagine it must be quite heartbreaking if these bees that you care for, yeah, year in year yeah, out, they're very defensive when they when you see them hawking around. I have seen European hornets, but I haven't seen them hawking the bees. The Asian hornets, so they'll fly backwards and forwards, and they they like the syrupy juice. And if you leave it out, they'll go in overnight. But I haven't seen them actually on the porch of the hive. Right. I haven't seen them going in like that. But I am um, right on top of it if I do get hornets. Yeah. But it's fascinating, really. But I know I have heard people lose their hives. I mean, they, if once they get settled in and there's a few of them, they're stopping them. Well, fingers crossed that doesn't happen here in Jersey because there's such an excellent team of people looking out for nests and destroying them as soon as they're found. Absolutely, so yeah. Keep it up. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks very much, Cathy. Oh, that was great to hear. Yeah, that was wonderful. And uh, do you think um, that that team you're you're talking about they've made a real difference, and that uh, that they're doing they are thwarting the Asian hornet? Or do you think that's not possible, and they're just uh, they're just kind of keeping keeping records of its their expansion? Um, good question. I I think that they're getting very good at finding them, so they're much quicker now than they were a couple of years ago. Um, but do I think they'll be able to find every single nest every single year? No. Um, and part of the problem will be that they're very close to France. So I think at the furthest, at the, the, the shortest point is about seven miles from, from France. So it depends. So even if they do, yeah, they, they just if, if, soon come over again. Exactly. So they, they have to keep this up every year or until we have other methods of finding the nests that are quicker or you know less intense in the man hours yeah well they all seem to be enjoying themselves it sounds like quite an addictive um <laughs> hobby to have and uh, look you, you, you're certainly the person and bob of course the the, the 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 most experienced people i've ever met on upon asian hornet so we're really lucky to have you reporting for us you're doing an absolutely brilliant job thank you very much and, um, oh, really? and talking and talking of reporting how how are the nests reported how what, does that happen 
through apps on phones or, or people phoning up your local beekeeper or is, is there, so how, how does someone recognize a nest to begin with and, and then what do they do about it I'm very glad you mentioned apps because I'm supposed to be talking about the Asian Hornet Watch app, which I recommend everybody downloads immediately. Um, it's available for free on Apple and Android, and uh, it's a really useful tool, actually, because if you see something in your garden that you think might be an Asian Hornet, they've actually got similar species um, on the app. So you can go on there and have a look, and they've got, um, for example, Vespa Crabro, so you can just check uh, your your ID, basically. Um, and if it is an Asian hornet you've seen, you can report it directly on the app. So um, best if you can take a picture, um, because, you know, there's thousands and thousands and thousands of reports every year. Um, so if you send a picture and it is an Asian hornet, then basically you go straight to the front of the queue. Um, Got a lovely recording here of, of, of Alistair uh, talking about how the nests are found. Yeah, Alistair does an incredible job. So he's, as I said before, he just works all the hours um, and he, he does everything from, you know, press um, to organising the pest controllers. He's there every time there's a nest that's being removed. He always goes if it's getting to the final stages of the tracking, you know, to help out with the ground, you know, the, the team on the ground. Um, he really is very busy and I don't envy him his job, although Jersey is, you know, a, a tiny, tiny island. Um, there's so much to do with these creatures. So, yeah, it was really interesting talking to Alistair about what his job actually involves. Yeah, let's listen to that. I've managed to catch up with Alistair Christie, who is the Asian Hornet Action Group coordinator for Jersey. It's quite hard to track him down because he is exceptionally busy. And right now we're standing on the edge of a park, looking at a tree where there's a bait station and hopefully a marked hornet, although I can't quite see from here. So we're trying to get which direction this hornet flies off in. Anyway... Alistair is the person who manages all of his volunteer teams. He's got his finger on the pulse in terms of the research that's going on with Bob and other people. So, Alistair, do you think you'd be able to give us a day in the life? What does your average day involve? Is it always as exciting as this? It's far more exciting most of the time. No, my, my job is to coordinate all the volunteers, but it'll also deal with the media and the public side of things, and I suppose the political side of things as well. Most days I get three or four reports, most of which aren't Asian hornets, but they all need to be kind of sifted through and investigated. The quickest investigation is a really clear photograph. The longer investigations are, I mean, for example, today, report of hornets at a care home in Jersey, which out of duty to, to the residents of the care home, I always investigate. It turned out that it was nothing to do with hornets. It was um, a tree gall on a tree in the garden. And a chef there had reported it and thought it was a nest. But, you know, somebody with some experience needs eyes on and to rule it out. Um, so, you know, a lot of reports, but also today we've received two reports of nests that have been found today. So already wow. quite a successful day. So it's my job to work out how we're going to remove those nests, what we're going to do with them, who's going to do it. The logistics such as hiring a cherry picker to deal with a nest on um, one of the nests on Monday. That's all down to me as, as well. Um, but also, as you say, I have my finger on the pulse on what's going on the island. So we're in the southwest of the island, but I also have got a sense of what's going on on the northeast. 
Um, I also know what's going on when we've had some hornet sightings in the middle of the island. And, you know, so I'm the person with kind of overall awareness of what the hornet situation is in Jersey, I suppose. Excellent. And just very quickly, how are you doing this year in terms of what's your count at the minute? You said two new nests today, which is fantastic. <laughs> two new nests today. I can't remember whether it's 24 and 25 or 23 <laughs> and 24. Um, That's I'd have my to fault. refer to a spreadsheet <laughs> That's there. That's entirely but, um, my fault for putting you on the spot, sorry. So, um, yeah, I need to refer to the, the spreadsheet. I should remember these things or have, uh, you know, hornet marks tattooed on my arm for I, each year. I actually. think she's about to leave this one. Yeah, maybe she is. Yeah, she's been here long enough on the bait. But I think tattoos on your arm would be an excellent idea. You could keep a, a running tally of how many you found. <laughs> but um, yeah, so two new nests today. Again, I suppose they illustrate the diversity of locations. So the first one today is a secondary nest to a primary nest that was found last week. The primary nest was actually found inside a wine barrel. Yep. And we know it's a primary nest because there are no eggs, there's very few larvae and pupae, and no queen. Yeah. Um, so the hunch was that it had transitioned to a secondary nest. We've always believed that secondary nests are usually close to the primary nests. So we put a few traps up on Wednesday in the area. They caught hornets very quickly indeed. I'm not sure you could say the nest was particularly tracked because it turned out to be quite visible at the top of a tree about 40 metres away from the primary nest. In fact, I'm rather annoyed I didn't see it myself when I put the traps out <laughs> on Wednesday. And the other nest we found today was tracked and the hornets are going in and out of an air vent on the side of a building. So the nest is well hidden away behind an air vent. It's quite active apparently, and that will be dealt with this afternoon by pest controllers. Excellent. Well, keep up the good work, and it sounds like you're you're possibly enjoying it. Would you say? Oh, I don't know. That's stretching it a bit far, <laughs> but um, I, it's mildly addictive. I'll ask you again in the winter when there's nothing going on and you've had time to relax and get refreshed and forget all about the uh, the worries. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and, and the nests are uh, seen when the leaves fall from the trees. Yes. And become more noticeable, don't they? Like these big football grey papery balls. You know, I think it was the, a, well, certainly the Chinese that invented paper, wasn't it? I think it was the hornet that inspired them to do it. Yeah. It yeah. Like yeah. These fantastic, fantastic architecture, isn't it? I mean, all made of pulp. The, the nests the are incredible. Only, yeah, really. I mean, we heard Kathy was just saying, you know, that it took her two weeks to uh, to actually find uh, to find the nest. I mean, is that is that the, the pain, this painstaking uh, effort? Is that normal? Is that is that how it's how it's done? Can you explain a little bit about how how people what what techniques are being developed to track these nests? Yeah. Um, so basically, you you need to track a nest. You need to have an individual hornet. Um, so you need to first of all go to an area where there are hornets um, and then you need to mark an individual so we use the Posca paint pens that we use in um, beekeeping um, and you just put a splash of colour on a hornet and then you have an individual so you know that that, that hornet is going to its nest and coming back in say four minutes um, if it's doing that trip in four minutes then your nest is roughly 400 metres in that direction so you're taking the bearing as well as the time uh, and then basically you repeat the process in that direction uh, you can then go 500 metres 
in that direction. So you can try and get behind the nest to get a back bearing or you can go to the side. It obviously depends on the layout. You know, a field is easier to work in than a residential street. Um, yeah. But, do, they, do they nest upwards? Like, or do they nest, like cause some wasps will nest in old rabbit holes and, you know, un, under the floor of a shed or somewhere. And Do Asian, Asian hornets fussy? Or do they have a particular preference for where they might nest? Uh, they're found slightly more often in oak trees, um, the secondary right. nests. So what will happen is the queen emerges from hibernation, she needs sugar immediately, um, she's got sort of 24 hours where she's really fragile because she's, you know, her stores are depleted, so she must find food then. Um, that I suspect that's when a lot of them die, actually. But um, So she, she then starts building the primary nest or the, the embryo nest, um, so that's all her... She's the only one that survives the winter, so she, she starts crafting, as you said, these beautiful paper nests. She will typically look for somewhere that's fairly low down, so sort of one to two metres from the ground. Um, if you think of an area that's sheltered from the worst of the weather, so shed, porch, ideal, attic if there's a way right. in, um, yeah. maybe maybe in a, in a hedge that's really dense, um, but but they're, they're very commonly found in sort of man-made structures. So in the spring, we urge everybody to go out and to look in their shed, you know, just, just open the door and have a look along the top of the, uh, the ceiling. And you'll see maybe in the beginning, they're about the size of a golf ball. Um, and she will lay about one egg a day at, at that stage. Um, but she does everything by herself. So it kind of takes longer to raise the first lot of workers. So it's about um, maybe 50 days for the first workers to emerge. Uh, and once they get going, the workers start helping with, you know, um, foraging, feeding the babies. Um, they then relocate if there is a need. So we think about one third of nests fail to relocate because they have sufficient space where they are. They don't feel threatened. Um, maybe they're in a nice cavity, you know, wall. Um, and, and they can just carry on with the expansion of the primary nest. So the primary nest actually becomes absorbed into the secondary nest as they develop. Oh. Um, but yeah, as you were saying, Chris, the, the nests are fantastic. And although yeah. when the leaves have dropped in the autumn, um, the nest will be dead or dying, it is still worth reporting them because we know that most of the hibernating queens will be in that area. So that is where oh, we okay. would start looking the following yeah. spring. Um, so really, really valuable. Even if you find an old nest, um, good to report anyway. Thank you. It's so, oh, such a paradox. I can really hear in your voice your passion. It's like you're falling in love with the Asian hornet and, you, you, and, and the way you talk about it. But, but, it's, but it's like, it must be such a strange feeling to be learning so much about an insect and about its behaviour and all the beauty that it creates. But, but then at the same time, knowing that it's such a threat and a, uh, and a game changer. Yeah, it's kind of my guilty secret that I actually I quite like these hornets. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'd hoped it wasn't so obvious, but um, uh, <laughs> you've rumbled me. I've uh, rumbled, yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, it, I think it's the mandarinia, the murder hornet as well. In some parts of Asia, they, they are, they're actually a delicacy. You know, the, bro yeah. the, uh, the, the, the fried brood. Yummy. Fried, a bit like the witch tea grub of, um, where is it, Australia. Yeah, why not? I, I've actually heard of warehouses in, in China where I don't know, I, I would love to go. You know, I was actually, um, I started learning Mandarin on Duolingo in the hope of going to China to <laughs> to look at these hornets in the wild, as it, you know, in the, in the native wild. Um, because it really interested me how, you know, when, when we started playing with hornets in Europe, um, we 
you had to wear a suit if you were going anywhere near a nest and they're about a thousand euros a suit and they are disgusting to wear because they are so thick and hot and heavy and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know you're like a you know an astronaut you you can't move easily you you've got really thick rubber gloves on um and and yet in china you know they, they've got this warehouse where they're collecting these nests and it's just full of hornets because they're harvesting the larvae when when they get an order you know um, so, so how are they doing that? They're not wearing a thousand euro suits, um, and that that really intrigued me. And, and a quick, quick turnover of staff, probably. <laughs> yes, possibly. <laughs> um, and it's also how they're how they're tracking them. So, are they breeding them in <clears throat> captivity for food, or are they going out every year tracking nests, That's a taking really the good nest down, thing, isn't it? and relocating yeah. it to the to the warehouse? I don't know. Um, it might be a, it might be a really old. There might be some really old trackers around, you know, that have these interesting skills and bits of yeah. indigenous wisdom from yeah. tracking hornet's nests that would be good to to find out wouldn't it yeah it would be amazing it would be amazing but um i think that's well, the go there. for the moment i hope, I hope you yeah keep up the mandarin well unfortunately i lost my streak when i was in jersey because i came so um involved in the hornets you know 24 so it's like living in a cult honestly not not a bad cult but you know you wake up in the morning it's hornets all day you go to bed exhausted at yeah. night because you basically there, there aren't enough hours in the day to do everything you need to do you know we're doing nest dissections um we're just trying to learn as much as we can about this insect in order to allow the people on the ground the best the best information uh, to go out um and track as efficiently as possible. Presumably there's a lot to learn, a lot more to learn, is there? Yeah, so much to learn. Um, <laughs> I can't yeah. I can't really give you an example, um, but basically the more time we spend with these creatures, the more opportunity we have to observe them. So that, that was the really interesting thing about this captive um, nest, is that you kind of found yourself just sitting, watching this, basically it's a, an aquarium or something that we've converted for hornets, um, totally unproductive. And yet, at the same time, you were you were watching things that you're wondering, you know, has anybody else observed this behaviour before? For example, we noticed that there was a very kind of um, aggressive cleaning routine going on. Um, and it was quite interesting watching the hornet that was being groomed because they kind of um, didn't move. You know, they, they kind of tucked up into themselves and they thought, right, I better not make a false twitch here because the yeah i think it was just about the the instinct of the hornet that was hanging over them you know if they if they moved or they twitched suddenly then they they might have lost their head which happened once or twice when we were watching um because it was just that that instinct of i've got an insect in my arms um and although i started grooming it it, it then moved in a way that suggested it was vulnerable and so i ate it you know, I, I killed it and, and took it home for, for the children. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and that was that was really interesting to see actually happen in the tank. Um, you know, we, we thought these hornets were just cleaning each other and then we realised that the head of one of them was on the floor um, with the antennae still mm. twitching. So it had been alive when this process had started. Yeah, yeah. You, you probably are these you probably are seeing things for the first time, you know, you probably seeing things, well, you're probably seeing things that other other people haven't seen well i mean not many people would have an opportunity to see that because you know it was it was happening right on the nest um and you know you you would be slightly mad to be that close to a nest without you know all the suit and everything yeah. and obviously if it was in the wild if you were that close then you would have disturbed them so they would be at the very least you know buzzing around you warning you off 
So if you're going to say if people want to find out more at this stage about the Asian Hornet, they should visit the National Bee Unit website. Any other any other websites we can we can put up there for people to um, people to look at. If you're on Facebook, I thoroughly recommend um, following John Carteret's uh, Jersey Asian Hornet group. But I have I did get a, an interview with him, so he'll give you the proper name. But that's a fascinating um, page because they're always posting pictures of where they found the nest, so you'll learn a lot about. Um, you know, basically where they're hiding the things, and he'll he'll put videos of the removals and all sorts up there. So that's a great one if you're on Facebook. Um, the BBKA has a lot of information. There's also ahat.org.uk, so Asian Hornet Action Team. That's what the AHAT stands for. Um, .org.uk, and that is basically a site just dedicated to Asian Hornet information. So it's it's lovely. Um, there's yeah. also the CABI C A B I page on Asian Hornets um, which has loads and loads of information and, and very good information as well so I recommend that one Great, thank you Thank you Sam, the, thank you for joining us today um, it's uh, it's really been interesting to hear your report back and also to hear the recordings you've, you've, you've made for us um, Will you join us again in a week's time and we can, uh, we can hear a bit more about uh, some of the solutions that um, that are in place or that, that you're trying to put in place. Absolutely, I would love to. That was great to hear. Thank you for listening to Living Being. Um, join us next week for the sequel to uh, Sam's work in, in Jersey. we get to hear some more lovely interviews and... Uh, Till then, keep well. Thank you for listening to Living Being. Thank you. Cheerio. Goodbye.